Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for September 13th, 2017. Today's topic is team huddle boards and how they can be used as a powerful tool to enhance communication and maximize efficiency. If you're listening live, I'd like to invite you to be a part of the show and ask questions. The best way to do it, hands down, is to just email me, brian at benchmarkportal.com, spelled out the B-R-I-A-N way, and I'll get those in. And I want to remind you, if you haven't found them already, we have all seven-plus seasons of Call Talk available on our website at benchmarkportal.com that's easy and convenient for you to listen or download whenever you would like. So make sure to check that out. So let's jump right into the show today, and it's my pleasure to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Well, communication is the grease that makes things happen smoothly in contact centers. It is also an area in which there is the greatest variance between management and agent perceptions. Managers often feel they're doing a good job of communication to agents who instead feel their superiors are doing a mediocre or poor job on this count. In fact, our groundbreaking Agent Voices report on agent attitudes and satisfaction showed that intra-office communication ranked only 14th among the 18 categories studied. It's an area we regularly look at with clients and it's a key to positive culture and a key to success. It's difficult though. And that's why we wanted to talk about this uh, and talk about a solution that our listeners can try, specifically huddle boards. And we have brought on an expert in the topic for you, Debbie Frazier, Senior Consultant with Benchmark Portal. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Thanks. Okay. Well, we're really uh, happy to have you with here. And by uh, way of introduction, Debbie Frazier has over three decades of experience in customer service. She started as a customer service supervisor, managing inbound calls and correspondence, and over the years added to her experience through assignments as a quality analyst, manual rating supervisor, customer relations manager and customer service manager, and vendor relations manager for outsourced call center operations. Her responsibilities included just about everything, recruiting, hiring, training, and skill maintenance, and all aspects of workforce management, as well as quality assurance, lead generation, technology, and process improvements. Debbie also spent two great fun years managing a group of business analysts who responded to presidential complaints. And uh, by that, we don't mean for complaints against the president, but the complaints in the company that went up to the presidential level. And she has experience with managing multiple centers. So, Debbie, we're so lucky to have you and all of that experience on the show. Uh, In your own words, please sort of set up the topic for us or put it into context for us. Sure. Thanks, Bruce. I appreciate that introduction. Well, as we all know, communication can be very difficult in a contact center, particularly so in centers with a large number of associates with varied hours of operation. It makes it difficult to assure all agents are receiving communications consistently and in a timely manner. So in utilizing huddle boards as a form of communication, there are so many benefits to enhance and simplify how you disseminate information. Okay, and simplification and enhancing uh, for something as important as uh, information and communication in a center is just so important. And so how do you go about trying this method of communication? 
Well, Bruce, there are so many different ways of implementing huddle boards, and most likely as the process evolves, it will improve and change over time. It's really best to include all or some of the agents in the process when it's established so they have somewhat of a part of how the huddle boards will work best for their teams. It's always good to remember that employees become advocates when they feel that the company really cares about their perspective. So involving them in the initial phase of implementing huddle boards really gets their buy-in quickly. Yeah, actually, and in the uh, Agent Voices report, one of the things that was shown was that, uh, yes, my uh, company does ask me for my opinion, but then it doesn't always listen to my opinion. And uh, so these are important things. And uh, the key thing, I think, with the huddles, and maybe we should get this out right up front, is that uh, these huddles are sort of shorter than team meetings, uh, and they're ones that are held more often, right? Shorter, more often, more communication. Isn't that sort of the, the general idea? Oh, definitely. That is the, the primary goal. Some groups still may have actual meetings, but just not as frequently, most likely. Um, some key points, really, that are required, regardless of really what type of business and or contact center and implementing huddle boards. First and foremost, you have to establish a routine. There has to be a, a consistent presence from players, and it's essential to make sure that the huddles are rewarding and useful to everyone on the team. It's very important to involve the right people, as I had mentioned before. In addition to the team itself, there are also other individuals pertinent to the decision-making process or leadership, and you may want to include them as participating in the huddle as well. Maybe not everyone, but at least where they're needed to make sure you're getting their feedback too. Okay, good. I think we're getting the picture. So uh, shorter, more uh, pithy, uh, and more uh, frequent. And uh, this really needs to become part of the culture, doesn't it? Uh, right? So there needs to be sort of uh, rituals established and followed by everyone who's pertinent to the process. They have to be there. And, uh, you know, your point about involving the right people seems to be uh, key for all this, making sure that uh, the meeting is is useful because everyone who needs to give or get information is in fact present. Yeah, exactly, Bruce. It's obviously also very important to schedule the huddles and keep it to a prearranged time frame, especially when associates taking phone calls are involved, which is really what we're talking about now within contact centers. The average time for most of the huddles is around 15 minutes. That depends upon the structure and communication changes or updates that are involved. Some huddles can be daily, others might be two to three times a week. Um, initially, really, to be honest, you just need to experiment with the time and frequency you've chosen. You know, if it's okay, if your team finds the scheduled time does not work and you need to be adjusting it. The main thing here is be flexible as you find the perfect time. And even while implementing the huddle, you always need to start and stop at the agreed upon time frame, which is normally the 15 minutes. That is somewhat of a challenge, but that is one thing that needs to happen to make sure um, those work and service level does not suffer at all. 
There you go. So 15-minute chunks, you need to sort of get people together quickly uh, and they get right down to, to business. I mean, there can be the chatter and that sort of thing. But uh, you do need to then uh, have the exchange of information, uh, but the exchange of camaraderie as well. Well, I think we've got it. And what are some of the steps that you need to consider uh, our listeners may be thinking about or should be thinking about as they think about potentially implementing this? Well, there are several steps to consider when implementing the huddle boards as part of either your daily or weekly communication. And again, as I noted before, everyone may be different, but these are some of the basic steps that need to take place. The first one is actually involve the right people and considering what the purpose of the huddle is and how it could be most successful to your team. Although it's primarily for your associates, there may be times, depending upon the topic, when inviting associates from other departments may be applicable, as I mentioned earlier. They can actually yeah. bring a lot to the table. Mm-hmm. So, and this is where, you know, one of the recurring themes that uh, that I have, which is to build a uh, radial organization. Uh, people in other parts of your company who you get to know, uh, who you can communicate easily with, who you have maybe regular Monday morning meetings with or telephone calls, uh, people in marketing, those people who keep on uh, messing up our lives, or people in the new product area, whatever it happens to be, uh, making sure that you can pull them in at the right time and uh, sort of break down those silos, pull them in when uh, it's appropriate, uh, but don't waste their time when they're not needed sort of thing. I, I think the uh, your, your point about making sure you have all of the appropriate people there is extremely important. Uh, what else? Well, another thing to consider, actually, is going to be time. Um, it must be scheduled, as I mentioned earlier, for agents handling incoming calls through workforce management just to make sure that we don't have occurring possibly at the same time, depending on if you have other teams as well. And you also always need to begin with a consistent time that works best and make changes as needed to move forward. Um, I think right. most people will find it has to be adjusted to fit their need. Okay, and there can be some seasonality to that too, potentially, or uh, you know, growth uh, implications for that. Uh, you do have to have it uh, coordinated with workforce management so that you're not taking people off the phones when they're most needed. And uh, and then the other thing is to make sure that any changes are well communicated to people who are supposed to be in the huddle. Um, so that they aren't taken by surprise. And uh, that would be the worst thing, right, to not communicate when the communication vehicle is supposed to actually take place. So you want to make sure that uh, you have a way of making sure everyone knows when the uh, the huddle is and if there's any changes in it. Okay, great. Definitely. What else? What other considerations? Yeah. Another big thing to consider is the team's huddle location. Obviously, we don't want them to have to walk five minutes somewhere and five minutes back, because that's going to take up most of the time. It needs to be a convenient spot where everyone can sit comfortably and talk freely without either being overheard by others or a distraction to those that are on the phone. It can simply be a matter of taking a corner, putting some cubicles up, which blocks the noise actually from, you know, you hearing them and them hearing you. So that is very important. And like I mentioned before, the main thing is that they don't have to go very far to get to the huddle location. 
Mm. Um, yeah, and obviously, if if you're lucky enough to have that conference room that's uh, right next to where your agents are located, and you can just sort of pile in there quickly and and have the uh, meeting there, that is ideal. But not everybody has that, in which case it's going to be up to the leaders, really the managers, to in a sense create the space by uh, you know getting everybody together, getting them settled down and into it, and making them feel that this is, uh, you know, their space, regardless of what it is. And uh, that's something that is a, you know, badge of leadership that we just have to do. Right, exactly. It can be challenging, obviously, but it can be done. Um, another key point is going to be to designate roles. Distinguishing roles in the huddles helps to ensure that they're going to run smoothly. Leaders can serve as the role models to really reinforce the right attitude, you know, that they're focused, timely, and present. And it's also a good idea to rotate it as it fosters teamwork among the members of the team. So in rotating the position, it also makes, again, everyone feel more involved, which is a very important part of this process. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, very, very key. Okay. What other, uh, what other considerations? The other thing you need to really determine is what should appear on the board. And again, that can be from a team option, possibly a group within a certain set of teams. It can vary a great deal. It's best to start with a checklist or a template for the first few meetings to keep the conversation concise and focused. Um, that kind of leads you into what you're really going to want to include on that huddle board and a few of the other details as well. Can you kind of describe, uh, it's kind of tough when it's an online radio program, but describe a template that worked well for you. Sure. Um, several that I've seen actually have the agent stats displayed. Some of them have the agents, some have the teams, some have both actually. Um, and it might be just a key metric that you're looking at that particular week, hey, you know, you need to reduce the average handle time. So it might be a matter of all of those agents posting their average handle time each day and then what it rolls up to as a group as well. That could be a small part of it. There could be another part of it for recognition of a compliment or possibly in a birthday, an anniversary, a company anniversary, several things. And then really the majority of the rest of it is around communicating what information needs to go to the agents. I mean, it's always going to be followed up most likely by an email as well, but verbally they should all know up front if something is changing and um, kind of what to be prepared for. So really a variety of things. If someone has a question, they need an answer and it requires research, that's another perfect thing to put up there. Um, just makes it visible and it makes whoever is, you know, going to handle researching that, it makes them accountable and it's visible so everyone knows that. Well, that's great. It sounds like it's both good for developing the team uh, spirit and a strong team culture, but also a culture of accountability uh, because of the fact that things are talked about, they're written down, and uh, they're communicated about on a very regular basis. That is very true, yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea of what should appear on the boards, keeping in mind, you know, it, it's flexible, it's their board. However, they still 
be fit to use it. The main thing, though, is around the communication piece. Um, as I already okay. mentioned before, you know, they can use it to compliment people as well, which is always great because that starts the day on a positive note. Yeah, no, uh, very important. And, and I think what you said about, you know, it's their uh, board and they need to take ownership of it and feel part of it and feel that it's not something that's just being given to them, but something that they contribute to. Uh, because, as we know, uh, some of the best changes that happen in call centers happen because the agents bring it up, something that they uh, heard on a call, something that they have uh, sort of been formulating in their mind over time, and it's a great way to uh, bring that forward. This is a great venue to do exactly that. Um, are there any other final considerations that uh, you have with regard to the steps to consider? Yeah, and really this this next one is really just a continuous process. It's really about evolving and improving over time. Um, you need to make sure that you're not stuck in a rut, so to speak. The team will remain enthusiastic only if they continue to provide value to the huddle itself. So it's really like anything else. You know, they need their career scheduled. They don't need to get canceled. We need to make sure everyone has participation and really contribute to a successfully you know, to ensure a good outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the engagement is just so important here. Engagement, the willingness to evolve and to improve over time. Very good. So we've got actually some questions that uh, Brian has, but before we get to those, uh, are there any sort of conclusion uh, thoughts that you have for us before we get to the questions? Yes, I do, Bruce. Um, cuddles are really their brief, you know, their daily discussions for the most part, that focus on the action plan for the day. They're a great source of communication or even reminders about something. Team meetings may or may not still exist any longer. Um, And looking at the huddle, it really can provide a forum where the teams can really connect with each other, which is great as well. Okay. Well, these are all fabulous uh, thoughts and really very good action items that uh, people listening to this hopefully can consider uh, taking in their own centers and will help improve that uh, number 14 uh, rating (laughs) that we see overall with regard to agent satisfaction, with regard to internal communications. Try to move that up toward the top of the categories where they uh, feel the the center and the management is doing well. So there's a lot of good uh, input here that uh, people can think about. Uh, so I noticed that Brian has some questions, so why don't we go over to Brian and uh, see what he's got. All right, sounds good. The first one comes from Charles. He's from England asking, is it fair to say that your huddle boards are like our, scum, our scrum boards? <laughs> I'm not sure I know what a scrum board actually is. But if I think through this. I think it's kind of like a playbook maybe on a board possibly. That's my this, guess. This, this sounds to me like Brian. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm just messing this, around. Scrum board in, in like uh, <laughs> like that in rugby when they the scrum is they kind of come yeah they they come together like a huddle in football maybe but they're scr- a scrum and huggy they're kind of coming together oh. in a big group so my, my apologies. Sense. Okay. It's, Exactly. No, no, not at all. Actually, it was interesting, though. There was a little bit of a uh, uh, sort of Freudian thing in there. I think it called it a scum board. To be with you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Thanks for picking well, that up. Yeah. I know. 
funny. You're welcome. You know, it reminds me of uh, something that one of my friends who plays rugby said because, you know, he gets sort of harassed about how uh, crazy it is. And he said, no, no. He says, you have to understand, Bruce, that uh, rugby is a uh, ruffian sport played by gentlemen, whereas he compared it with soccer, which he said was a gentleman's sport played by ruffians. But that was his, his take on the whole thing. So, uh, okay, <laughs> that, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, sorry, Debbie and Bruce. Okay, so back oh, to the real right. question from Charles. And sorry, Charles, for taking that in a whole different direction. Uh, the real question is, how does this communication theory work when there are multiple teams? And do they each have their own huddle board, or is it just one big shared board? That's a great question because of the fact that this is really one of the things that we want to do the most in using the huddle board is around communication. So it's normally best for each team to have their own huddle board. Primarily, if a team and or individual metrics are displayed, size would be an issue. Obviously, you couldn't fit all 60 agents on one. Breaking it down to something smaller, 15 to 20 agents, makes it much more feasible. The other factor is that different teams have a variety of questions to research. And displaying one for each team, others might, in fact, learn in reviewing huddle boards from the other groups. They may think, oh, you know, I've run into that question before. I wonder what the solution is going to be. So that helps as far as kind of like an ongoing training situation, so to speak, too. Um, so a big plus to huddle Utilizing the hub boards is really so information can be shared. Yeah, actually, you know, one of the things that uh, comes to mind here is that uh, many of the groups are going to have similar questions, as uh, Debbie said, and that one of the things that Charles might consider and others might consider is to have a folder in a Google Docs type of situation or some sort of hosted shared uh, folder, and then each group could have its own uh, a file within the folder for their uh, their board, and that board would also be available and open to management. So one of the things that management could do is to look at the various uh, huddle boards and find out where there's some continuity and problems, issues, and um, thoughts, and then do the cross-pollination, which is such an important thing to do. You know, in other words, break down those silos uh, among groups and see what can be done to help one group that's uh, struggling with something with a solution that may have been found out by another group. And um, that could be done very efficiently without wasting people's time at the managerial level. So uh, it seems to me that, uh, Charles, there could be some really good opportunities for efficient uh, improvements uh, by doing something like that. Uh, Would you agree with that, Debbie? Oh, definitely. Yeah, no doubt about that at all. Okay, back to Brian. All right. Okay, this one comes from Emily. Uh, Emily is asking, is the board itself a physical whiteboard, or is it on your computer somehow? Well, another good question, actually. There are a variety of ways you can display the information. The best is really just a simple flip chart. Since it's mobile and can be moved as needed for others to see it, depending on the size of the center, really in the number of agents, a whiteboard could also be utilized if it can properly be displayed for everyone to see. 
Um, the only thing with that is it doesn't really tend to hold necessarily historical information, um, could get erased off, a lot of things like that could happen. And as far as computers go, the main source I see as far as computers being utilized is to display information um, projected as far as on a wall. You could keep notes and do it that way. But again, it's nothing there to stay. So I think the visibility is much better with actually just the um, flip chart so everyone can actually take a look at it as they go by. Yeah, so that one sort of uh, dovetails with what we were talking about before. And, uh, yeah, the, what um, what Debbie's saying with regard to having it there for people to look at even during the course of the day is something that's tougher if you have it on computer in the uh, shared uh, file and then projected. Um, unless it's something that can be sort of put up the same way on a uh, reader board type of thing. So it depends on how high tech you've got, you are, and uh, what kind of budget you have for this sort of thing. But uh, you can play with it. You can uh, come up with different possibilities. Um, and keep in mind, too, even with whiteboards, if you have something, you can uh, take a picture of that with your smartphone and keep it. So it doesn't have to be gone forever once it's erased. You can find a way, a uh, creative way to file that and be able to re refer to it later on. Right, right, that is correct. I think another good feature of a flip chart is people automatically, when they see that, become curious. Like, hmm, wonder what's on that. So I think that, you know, it really brings out that curiosity and kind of forces them almost to go over and take a look at it as well. and. The other thing I will mention, it's best to make it colorful, too, depending on what it is you're documenting. Your metrics could be one color. You know, your questions could be something else. Your communication piece could be a different color. There's a lot of, of you know, variety of ways in which to gain interest from folks. Fantastic. Uh, well, thank you for that answer. And I've got one more. Let's see. We have time for it. looks like it. So Sean uh, wrote in, do you track things in writing from one huddle to the next? Again, uh, that can vary. Uh, but normally, yes, particularly if you're posting metrics for individuals or for the team, obviously there needs to be some limitation as to what's going to fit or display accurately on the board. So it could be that, you know, you might need to move to another flip chart. You can always display a couple of them at a time if you have the appropriate spacing. Um, the other question or facts included on the huddle board would need to be displayed. This is where we talked about before. If there's research involved, it really helps that the other teams are aware that someone has asked this question and they're going to get any answer for it. Most likely that answer would be shared anyway. However, this kind of lets them know someone's asked it, and it doesn't require kind of like a duplication of effort either. Three people ran into something, oh, I'm gonna ask this question. At least in looking at these, they know that someone actually is working on it and is accountable for it. Okay. You know, uh, I was just thinking as you were talking, because I'd agree with everything you say, and I was thinking about the situation of remote agents, and we've got a couple more minutes here, and uh, the fact that some of the people on the phone may have remote agents, uh, or they may be sort of listening into um, 
huddles that go on at their outsourcers, things like that. But let's let's just stick with the remote agents. One of the things that is an ongoing um, issue is how to keep remote agents feeling tied in and how to keep them uh, part of the culture and part of the scene, if you will, of the call center because they're, uh, you know, basically doing their work from home. And this seems to me to be an ideal way, at least for some centers, to promote that because if you have regular team huddles or you have uh, huddles and huddle boards for uh, those remote agents, it's a way of getting them information, getting information from them on a regular basis and making them feel part of the team, part of the culture. Uh, What are your thoughts about that, uh, Debbie? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, I think we've seen such an increase in the population of agents that are working from home that any changes that um, occur, we need to always keep them in mind. There are a few ways that it can actually happen as far as with huddle boards. You mentioned, you know, a snapshot of the board itself is a possibility. They could be brought in during the huddle, really, and be on the phone just kind of listening um, as someone, you know, would have dialed out to them and said, hey, you know, we're having this meeting, we need you to join, or hopefully ahead of time they already knew that. That um, is one solution as far as what can happen. And hopefully in that way, if they're on there live, they can make recommendations as well. But I do think it's, like you said, really important that we figure out a way to make sure that they're included in all of those huddles just because of the fact that, you know, they're as important as everyone else. Um, they all do the same job, so they need the same level of communication as do the agents that are on site. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. That brings us to the end of our show at this point. Are there any final words that you wanted to uh, to, to say to our uh, listeners before we thank you very much and then uh, hand things over to Brian? The only thing I would say is, You know, I've seen these um, in progress and at work, and I've seen how they work. At first, I think I was a little skeptical of it seemed too simple almost, but the actual teams I've seen using them really like them, and it has stuck, so to speak. So it is an ongoing thing that you see when you visit that particular office. They're very visible. You know, the information on there is information we would expect to see. So, you know, for those of you that aren't quite sure, I would definitely at least recommend giving it a try and see what happens. And when you're doing that sort of thing, uh, the idea that I always like is to pilot something. In other words, to go into it with the full intention of trying to make it work. But if you have uh, some doubts or, you know, uh, about it the way Debbie did it first, then uh, put it in as a pilot, and that way if it doesn't work, it's not that it's just been the flavor of the day. It's been something that you gave your best to and tried uh, to do properly. But in most cases, I think you'll probably find that it does work, and it's uh, it's a great idea. So thank you very much for sharing that, Debbie. Okay, well, I want to thank you. Yeah, I want to thank you very much for uh, being on. Uh, It's been great, a lot of really good insights, and um, we'll hand you over to Brian. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Okay, good. Over to Brian to wrap things up. Thank you. 
All right, very good. Thanks, Bruce. Of course, thanks again to our special guest today, Debbie Frazier, and our host, Bruce Belfiore. want to remind you to uh, join us uh, for all the multitude of, multitude of shows that we have on our website at BenchmarkPortal.com with over seven seasons with about 10 to 11 different topics per season. I just know you're going to find something that's going to be of interest and value to yourself and your team, so make sure you check that out. So from all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington signing out. Have a great day. Go get those scrum boards, I mean huddle boards, ready. Take action. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh. All right.